1: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
2: Golden, Colorado.
3: Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't
2: let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems.
3: But what could change Freddie Do. Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We are the Beatles.
0: Everywhere we went, it was the Freddy Show.
4: And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure.
3: New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts.
4: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report, a Roto-Biz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week. I'm Blair Andrews. My co-host is Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going?
2: Oh man, uh, you know, it goes the same. This was uh, this was just a kind of a rough week even when it feels like you're winning, you're kind of losing just because of how poor in quality the uh, the <laughs> afternoon games were. But I'm really excited. We actually have a guest this week.
4: That's right. We have a, uh, an excellent guest joining us today. Um, with us today is Matt Jones. He's the host of the On the Daily podcast, a featured DFS writer here at RotoViz as well. He is also a contributor to Bet the Prop and Sharp Football. You can follow him on Twitter if you aren't already at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, thanks for joining us. How's it going?
1: It's going. We're, uh, I'm sitting here watching the, uh, the Chiefs game and uh yeah it's it's nice to record with uh actual football game going on we do on the daily on wednesday nights so uh i'm usually usually just sitting here uh staring at my monitor so uh it's uh it's a pleasure (laughs) to join you guys because uh this is this is one of my my first listens uh each week so i uh, i appreciate you guys having me on
4: absolutely yeah it's uh uh, really good to get you on get your take on some of these news items uh, we can just jump right into the first one baker mayfield completed 25 of 33 passes for 334 yards and four touchdowns in the titans 41 35 week 13 win sorry the browns 41 35 week 13 win against the titans so matt do you think mayfield will close out this season strong and what are you expecting for the offense as a whole down the stretch
1: yeah, I mean, as, as good as this performance was, I feel like it's not really what they, like, want to do. <laughs> so, um, they, they're second from the bottom of the league in neutral script pass rate. So, like, you're already talking about a team that doesn't really want to throw that much in the first place. Uh, and they're going to play Baltimore, the Giants, the Jets, and the Eagles down the stretch. Um, seems like they'll be ahead. Probably pretty easily in at least two of those games, probably three. And then it just depends, like, if Baltimore is back from, back from, uh, quarantine or whatever by then. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't really have that high of hopes. I don't think he's, uh, necessarily going to be, I mean, he's obviously not doing this every week, but, um, I'm I'm a little hesitant to feel like overly confident in him moving forward just because I don't think the game script or the philosophy is going to lead to this game, this type of game uh that often.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, the thing the thing about like Baker, at least in this in this game was he could have had like 500 plus yards. Uh He looked really good just sort of rolling out, hitting these open receivers. Keep in mind, most of his receivers are really poor. And I include Jarvis Landry in that, um, <laughs> caliber as well. I don't think he's anything that's, uh, you know, a, a transcendent and transcendental playmaker. Uh, you know, he's getting, I mean, a lot of that yardage, a uh, chunk yardage came on this one long Donovan Peoples Jones touchdown. Now, if you don't know who Donovan Peoples Jones is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, like I said, just not very good. He's <laughs> a supporting wide receiver talent. This is a team that loves running the football. Um, and it's actually interesting because it's really like, you know, on, on, on one hand, we were told it's Hember. And on the other hand, you're seeing what a kind of a game flow dependent sort of hammerback can do in Nick Chubb, right? Like, like Chubb is Derek Henry, maybe better catching, pass catching abilities, but like, you know, I mean, you're really comparing like really minutiae there. But, you know, so you're getting to see what Chubb can do, at least when given a lead. And man, it's, it's, it's genuinely kind of fun to watch if you enjoy that kind of stuff, uh, or at least watching, you know, a guy make these ridiculous plays on the, on the ground, just from an athleticism standpoint. Baker, in my opinion, has always kind of been good. It's just the way the, the, you know, he's kind of forced into at, at the very least thing through a more quote unquote pro style offense where as opposed to this, hair on fire uh type of play, which which makes it fun. Um as, as someone who had like Baker Mayfield, Austin Hooper, Derek Derek Henry stacks, uh I am uh, not a particularly happy guy because uh as I mentioned, only Baker was the one that that, that went off and uh you know Derek Henry today. Not not that great. Matt, uh out of curiosity here, like what do you think? Uh you know, will you ever considered nick chubb to be a cash viable running back or or what are we doing here
1: i mean i i think i think he probably uh i considered him this week i of course decided that it was imperative to to just smash in cook henry and eckler into the same lineup uh for my cash team that is uh I don't even know if I hit triple digits to be completely honest. So maybe I'm not the best
4: person to ask this question, but
1: um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think that he, he can be, Uh it really is. It's pretty price dependent and he's probably at the, the top of my um, comfortability as far as that goes. Like if he, you know, if he's 7,500 or pushes into eight K, like, I don't think you can because of the. Uh, because of the lack of receiving work, uh, most weeks, but I do think, um, that if he sort of stays in that, in that low 7k range, uh, you know, depending on the rest of the slate, I do think that he should be in consideration for, uh, for, D- for DFS just every single week, um, regardless of if it's, if it's DraftKings, or I would imagine that you would have to say that he's a, a better play on FanDuel, but, um, you know that that's just who knows what to do on fanduel if uh, if any of you have seen the uh the Sunday Millionaire winner um uh, apparently you can just do whatever the hell you want on on fanduel so
2: <laughs> wait well, what what website is that fanduel i've never heard of it um is it new <laughs> brand new yeah no uh the 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 thing that's like really uh at least from my perspective that i really need to get like get my head wrapped around is where uh, this has been, I mean, a really, really tough year, uh, from a running back perspective, or at least figuring out what the right salary range is, right? It's not like it's not like what we had up for the last couple of years where you really just wanted to cram in uh CMC and Saquon and all these guys who you know are getting like, you know, five to six targets in the passing game and then they're getting like thirty touches a game. Like, you know, um Henry doesn't fit that bill, right? Even even in like positive script, right? Like you really are hoping that he's gonna be this dude that can just run through a brick wall. And I I guess Chubb doesn't have that appeal either because they just go to Hunt, right? Um, but meanwhile Hunt's in this like ridiculous salary range and he's always been priced up all week to where you just don't want to to put him in any lineups and even from a season long or dynasty perspective, um I'm just I have zero interest in Hunt, like really as a start. Like I just you you don't know when to really start him and he doesn't get you anything.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean uh, like Hunt they they don't know what to do uh they don't know what to do with his price uh on DraftKings. Like it's it's been all over the map. Obviously, uh when when Chubb wasn't there, he he just slots in at Chubb's price. But uh even even like now that Chubb is back he's gone you know he swings like 1200 dollars up and down in salary every single week like they literally they just have no idea what to do with him and uh i i just i don't really ever see a situation where i like absolutely um feel like i need to get him in like a couple of weeks ago he was he was 6700 um and that was with with Chubb in the lineup and now he was 5400 like and next week who the hell knows like he could be he could be 6100 and chubb could be 6800 and people are going to play people are going to play hunt for some reason um yeah i i don't know i i think i think that that's just that kind of uh what you know archetype or whatever is just somebody that i will always stay away from in dfs especially
2: yeah, um I'm 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 definitely with you, uh with you there, especially on a price sensitive sensitivity standpoint. And here's another guy who's been priced up pretty much all year, finally coming through today. Um major flop lag from last week. Darren Waller caught thirteen of seventeen targets for two hundred yards and two touchdowns in the Raiders' week thirteen win over the Jets. You know, he's become the sixth tight end in NFL history to ever do this. And this is, you know, a career high game for him. But it's also you know, the best fantasy performance at the tight end position all season long. And this, despite the fact that we've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You know, what are your expectations for Darren Waller for the rest of the season? And, you know, just in general, the 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 Raiders is passing attack. What are your thoughts there?
1: Um, yeah, as far as Waller goes, like he's he's a guy that I um, it's it's well documented that I do not ever get him right um was was all over him when he had like six points uh last week or two weeks ago whatever it was and now of course uh I you know I just just couldn't couldn't possibly find the salary to uh to get to him and um you know he has a, a historical output um like tight end is obviously garbage like all over the place like there's there hasn't been um there haven't been many weeks where it made sense to pay up for tight end and DFS. And in general, it's like, who are you, who, who are you playing on your, think about your season long team right now. Who are you playing at tight end? And it's probably one of a group of like 15 guys who are going to score the same exact amount of points every single week. And it's, uh, it, there, there's just not really, uh, there's just not really a ton um that's that's exciting about playing tight ends right now uh as far as uh this like I'm actually curious how where would this game rank like by itself against like tight end results I feel like it would be like a tight end too somewhere (laughs) compared to everybody like he probably scored more points today than like Zach Ertz (laughs) had uh all year so far or like definitely more than like Herb Smith, like, they like he literally just, uh, single-handedly climbed up the tight end leaderboard. Um, as far as like the rest of the season, this is sort of another situation where, uh, like compared to Cleveland, like they just, they don't really feel, uh, they don't really want to throw that much. I, I don't want to get these uh, you know, these inconsistent pieces of these super small pies and, and try to figure it out. Like the, the wide receiver situation is just a mess. Um, it, Waller himself sort of lives in that like six to eight target range most of the time, which for, for a tight end is great, especially this year. Um, but he's definitely, you know, he, he's definitely all over the place too. Like he, he has stinkers in him. Uh, on a very regular basis, uh, so I, I don't really like. You're you're happy for the ceiling plays uh, that you get from him, but you also have to be ready for, um, you know, like the the six point seven <laughs> points from a couple weeks ago or
4: whatever it was.
2: Yeah, I'm just. That's why you were saying.
4: I was just looking at this some. Um, At the strength of said, strength of schedule streaming app, um, pulling up tight ends here and noticing that Kansas City has one of the hardest schedules coming up over the next three weeks for tight ends, like the third hardest. I'm wondering, Las Vegas is kind of in the middle, top 12-ish. I'm wondering whether you would potentially have Waller ahead of Kelsey rest of season. I mean, I, I think
1: that I, I'm trying to, trying to phrase this. I think that the, mm-hmm. the most, the most likely situation is, um, is that Kelsey finds a way regardless of, uh, regardless of the, the matchups that he's facing. I think that at the same time, I also think that it's a lot closer, um, than, Then I probably would have thought it would be say like two weeks ago or something, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that gap is definitely closer now than, than it was, but I, I still think, um, just by virtue of, of the offense in general, just the way that they, uh, the way that the Chiefs can, can string these, these touchdowns together. And, you know, you look at, you look at Las Vegas and you see a game like, uh, like last week where there's just, there's just nothing going on. Um, I, I'm very curious. I, I wish we could like go in an alternate reality for today and like see if Jacobs plays like what, what the, that mm-hmm. game looked like. Um, yeah, not that like, I'm not saying that like Jacobs, like, you know, one target a game is, is impacting that, but just like from a, from a game, mm-hmm. uh, game planning perspective, I, I feel like that game doesn't happen. I don't think that he gets, I don't think that he gets 17 targets in a game, uh, that, that Jacobs is active.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm genuinely with you. Also what was helping, I mean, really drive this was the fact that they were getting the piss beaten out of them by the (laughs) New York football jets, right? Like the, like the, like the jets scored quite like they were leading at various points in this game, which, for those of you not following at home, the Jets were 0-11 coming into this, <laughs> and Oakland will be damned if they're gonna go 1-11. So um, you know, they they gotta do something. And this is kind of, I mean, like, given how bad Derrick Carr looked last week, right? Like, he, he didn't really look all that good for most of the game either until, like, the end. It is interesting watching, um Henry Ruggs coming on a little bit. They still gave 11 targets to Nelson Aguilar, who turned that into four receptions for 38 yards. <laughs> so, I mean, man, that's a Nelson Aguilar stat line right there. <laughs> but, yeah, do you think, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs, for example, is someone that you have any interest in in season long, uh, you know, in redraft as someone to pick up as a, as a, as a end of the bench type of flyer for, for game environments that could be potential shootouts. For the Raiders, and especially during the playoffs,
1: I mean, sure, I get. I don't know. Like, he's still only got four <laughs> targets today. Like, the he's gonna he's gonna have these games, um, but like, how how much you want to be relying on that now that we're in the fantasy playoffs is is probably. Uh, it, I, I'm hoping that you have uh, better better options. And I'm assuming that, you know, people that are listening to this show probably have pretty strong, uh, receiver course. So I'm, I'm hoping that, that nobody's having to do this. Uh, it, you know, like he, he's rostered in, in my like main leagues. Uh, I don't think I would have picked him up, uh, if I saw him on the waivers this week, even though I just lost Fuller and had Godwin on a buy, uh, in my main team. So, um, I would really like, you know, if if we were sitting here and he saw Aguilar's target share, then sure. But, um, I think you're just, you're just relying on that big play, which he's obviously proven that he can make, but it's, it's not something that I'm willing to, uh, to, to put in a starting lineup in the fantasy playoffs.
4: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he'll have these games like this, but even if you, even if you did pick him up, it would be hard to feel confident starting him in any week, because um, uh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have predicted this sort of game script today, even with Jacobs out. I think.
1: Yeah, like he he hasn't even. I just pulled it up. He hasn't even had a wide receiver one uh, perform. I mean, I guess I guess in week five he probably was like wide receiver thirteen. So I guess that's kind of like cheating a little bit, but, um, it's, you know, the, the last six weeks, he hasn't had double digit, uh, fantasy points. So, um, I, I think that maybe there's a, there's a situation where that role grows and he could maybe be pretty useful next year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't see myself slotting him into any of my lineups, uh, right
4: now. All right, before we get into our game this week, let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month according to ComScore, so it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And we're going to be playing fantasy, believe it or not. Hassan, you want to remind us of the rules for this game?
2: Yeah, but if we're so close to the end. It doesn't matter where their real positional finish is. So um, usually it would be whether they finish as a wide receiver 2, running back 2, tight end 1 or better quarterback one but you know we're so close the results are pretty much in points don't matter anymore let's say
4: playoff playoff wide receiver two, playoff running back two, or something that, like next that, three weeks
2: that'd be that'd be a good that'd be a good way to put it so i guess that's the spend we're doing on it now
4: all right playoff fantasy believe it or not first item up jonathan taylor rushed 13 items for 91 yards in the colts week 13 win over the texans adding three receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown
1: yeah, I mean they they made this effort uh to to get him involved uh and then he unfortunately had to miss the game last week. Um but yeah, I think uh, what's what's the threshold in RB2 I think for sure um over the next few weeks I think he'll he'll definitely uh he'll definitely be there. They they clearly want to involve him uh and they're going to be playing um you know, over the next few weeks, they're going to be playing in probably similar uh, game scripts. I don't really see a situation necessarily where they're, uh, you know, either just completely blowing somebody out or getting blown out. I think they are going to play in close games and that's going to necessitate him being on the field.
2: Yeah, and I think, I, I think, I think you're right. I mean, you could honestly pencil them in for like a running back one rest a season. I think for the playoffs, if only because three targets in like a game that was pretty close fought is pretty good, uh, for a rookie, you know, who for a very long time <laughs> just looked completely at sea, right? Um, so it's interesting. It's also exciting to see Heinz remain involved even around the goal line. Uh, I guess, I guess the team's finally realizing. That, uh, you know, throwing to guys like Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal is just not like, getting it done, <laughs> right? <laughs>
4: yeah. If you're a Taylor owner, are you worried though about Heinz getting that carry at the five yard line?
2: Yeah, you have to be right. Like every time, every time you're running back, at least the guy who you thought was going to be, um, an every down, you know, pretty much high leverage touch guy. Is is seeding work to, uh, however tall and big uh, Nahim Hines is, (laughs) you know, it's just it's just he's he's a pretty small dude if I remember correctly, and he's also not that fast from a game perspective. His uh, his 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 timed forty was uh was was pretty impressive, but he's for some reason he looks slower on the field. You know, it 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 should be it should be a little concerning, but um, and this is a team that really is hurting for any form of playmaking talent. And the fact that, uh, you know, Heinz is getting it done is, is, is exciting, right? Like what, what do you think, Matt?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that Taylor probably has, uh, a good 30 pounds on Heinz, uh, would be, would be <laughs> my conservative, uh, estimate. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's definitely frustrating. Um, I, 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 I saw that, uh, that Hines had scored the touchdown, but I, I don't know necessarily the situation. I wasn't watching that game. Um, you know, that, that led to him, uh, getting that carry, but it seems like they, uh, it, it seems like they have, they don't really, um, they, they didn't really involve Wilkins much, uh, which is probably the better, the better sign. Like there's always going to be another running back around. Um, but I think that if, if he's taking over more of that other role, I think Taylor's going to be just fine.
2: Tua Tagovailoa completed 26 of 39 passes for 296 yards and a touchdown in the Dolphins' week 13 win over the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, I was just looking at their, uh, their schedule through the rest of the playoffs. So they play the Chiefs next week which will probably uh which will probably mean that they have to throw quite a bit regardless of what their philosophy is then they play the Patriots uh and then they play the Raiders so you're not really you know we're not staring down the the 85 bears at any point uh down the stretch for him um it's again one of the, one of those situations where you probably already have uh you probably already have a better option if you're still in, uh, you know, if you're not eliminated yet, but, um, I don't really see a reason why he couldn't at least be in the QB1 conversation through the next three weeks based on that schedule. I think that there's a good, there's a good chance that the, uh, that Chiefs game, uh, next week is, is pretty decent for him. And then, um, you know, moving forward, I think that he, I think that he should be fine. Like if, the fact that he almost hit the bonus this week. Is, is great. And then the, he only, he did this with only one touchdown. Um, so if he could string a couple of touchdowns together and they, they're not afraid. I don't know if you guys saw the game. They, they popped up on red zone a couple of times. They are not afraid to, uh, throw from the two yard line, uh, on, you know, first or second or third on third and goal. They love throwing to Shaheen or some like random person you've never heard of, uh, in the end zone. Like they, they were just. They were not willing to let, uh, Gaskin help me, uh, earn American dollars today.
2: <laughs> yeah, a bit of a I shame. We should,
4: hm? I think we should talk about how Lynn Bowden had four targets yeah. in this game. Is he finally going to be a thing for the playoffs?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, he caught all four of them, um, which is a good sign. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, when you, when you start looking through the actual, um, Receiver core for this squad, it's not good. Like, it's very not good, right? And, and we've discussed this before, but Devontae Parker is also very not good, right? Like, he's just not the kind of guy who people need to readjust their priors on, 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 on Parker downwards. Like, he's a, he's a good, he was a very good prospect. It's just, it's just clear that who he was last year as like the sole target hog with Fitzpatrick is his, you know, his 99th percentile outcome, realistically, in my opinion. Guys like Jakeem Grant could probably be a little bit notice here. I think if, if Bowden's coming on, I think he's going to be interesting. I don't know if I want to roster any of these guys though. Tua seems to be pretty, pretty good at spreading the ball out a little bit. And, um, I'm not going to lie, losing, losing some of those uh, Gaskin goal line, goal line looks uh, was pretty tilting.
1: I mean, when you can, when you can run that stupid formation for the, for the fake field goal, you just have to, <laughs> you just have to figure out a way
2: to do it. Against the Bengals of all teams who are playing some combination of Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley.
1: <laughs> you just have to do it. You gotta, you gotta, have to you gotta find a way to, uh, to burn that play in, in a game against a two win team for sure.
2: It's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it really, I am optimistic on Tua's longer-term outlook. It's just, I'm really, this team needs to focus on on the other side of the ball. Like, uh, you know, we before the show, we were talking about this a little bit about the Browns. But these are two teams that have, you know, ostensibly very exciting quarterback prospects. And they're being just asked to throw to just, I don't know, man, just like randos. Right, like they don't really have these like high quality NFL caliber, you know, alpha wideouts. Um, it's a bit of a chicken and egg issue, right? But like, look, I mean, if you were if you were um, a quarterback, you'd like to be throwing to uh, any of these studly younger wide receivers and and not have to look at you know Mac Hollins, gassed away from the Eagles, right? Like. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I guess the Dolphins don't really have, like you said, they're not, they're not exactly loaded at wide receiver. So, you know, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, it is a problem for sure.
1: Well, luckily they have like 17 first round picks coming up. So hopefully they can, uh, right. they can figure that out.
4: <laughs> Marvin Jones caught eight of 12 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown in week 13 against Chicago.
1: I mean, this is, this is, this has to be Hassan's favorite player, right? Like, uh, we all, we all are well aware of the love that, uh, that Hassan has for Marvin Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, look, if this, if they're gonna, if they're gonna have him, uh, Stafford throw the ball 40 times and, and Galladay isn't gonna be around, uh, I mean, it's it's jones and it's jones and Hawkinson, right like uh we've seen jones have these games before but he uh he literally has had nine wide receiver three games this year and uh, a lot of them have been have been ugly uh i'm not i'm not totally willing to believe that this is just a thing that's going to keep happening um so i guess i i don't really believe it um I I think there's a good chance that he has one of these games in the playoffs, maybe, but I think that there's a very good chance that he has at least two just complete and utter duds uh because I think that's just the nature of of his role and him as uh as a player in the year twenty twenty.
2: Uh yeah, and I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, you know, left unsaid, at least in this news blurb, is the fact that Swift was also out for three of those four games. Right. Um, you're just not getting you know, a viable check down option in in Swift. I mean, on Johnson saw three targets today. Adrian Peterson saw one, how many like I mean Swift probably sees like a, about that much, uh, maybe a little bit more. They even gave Jamal Agnew like two targets, right? Um
1: Yeah. And he got stuffed on that, that end around. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was, that was pretty rough. He literally just could have twisted his body and he decided to try to run somebody over. And, uh, you know, speaking, speaking of small gentlemen, uh, Jamal Agnew is, is a tiny guy. Yeah. He's like not really the trucking type.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's a, he's a, he's like 510. Um, yeah, 5'10", 190, and they switched him to running back. Just, just a <laughs> brilliant decision.
1: Wait, he's I, literally, he's literally Naeem Hines, like they're yeah. the same size.
2: Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, these are guys who would weigh more wet, right? Like, um, and even then it's like nothing compared to like a real goal back. But on, on Galladay, I'm just like interested in the fact, like, it's, I mean, it is a lost season for Detroit, right? This was just a big uh, rivalry game against the Bears. Um, please, dear God, get one more win so I can at least book that Detroit Lions over five and a half uh, wins future <laughs> that I that, that I played on like February of last year. Um,
1: if they would have got rid of Pat- Patricia earlier, they probably would have uh, would have cleared that already,
2: for sure. <laughs> but but like, or if I Swift
1: mean- didn't blow that one game. Either way. Oh, yeah,
2: that's right. The, the first one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this it, it, with Marvin Jones, I'm with you because it's like he's like boom bust ish, right? And, and, but like, um, with Galladay back, he's just going to slide back to two in that, in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three role. And there might just not be enough, enough, uh, work to go around. Up. The only thing is, you know, much like with two schedule, like the Lions are playing, um, the Packers, the Titans, and the Buccaneers. Uh, all three of those are, those games, you could probably just see them, uh, trailing four. And I can also see myself not getting that win total over four. So this is all great.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, you figure Galladay comes back and he gets those 12 targets as the wide receiver one and Hawkinson still gets his nine. Uh, you're, you know, you're splitting up probably Cephas and Sanu's workload. Cause Amendola is still going to see a few targets every week. And then, you know, you're in like that range that he's been in all year, that, that five, maybe six targets. Uh, and then you're just praying for a touchdown and that's not, uh, that's not the
2: best place to be. Kiki QT got eight of nine targets for 141 yards in the Texans is week 13. Did they win? I can't tell. Uh, week 13 loss to the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i lost sight of the- i lost sight of the show sheet sorry guys yeah no they
1: um they they did lose uh you know just they seemed like they maybe had had something uh something put together in the beginning of the game and then just kind of forgot how to score uh in the second half but um yeah i mean look you're you're talking about uh a receiver for uh, Deshaun Watson led offense like I, I know Fuller's not there now um I, but I I see this I see this split going this way uh the rest of the rest of the, the season like he I think it's a pretty fair take to say he probably doesn't have a 64 yard reception and go for 141 every week um but you know even even if you were to uh, you know, to, to make that a more reasonable, sustainable, like long, longest catch of the day, you're still looking at, you know, eight catches is, is nothing to sneeze at. And it's definitely, um, I think it's definitely doable with the way that their offense is structured. So that I I would assume that that definitely gets him into the, the wide receiver two conversation. Um, you know and if they decide that they don't want to throw the ball to Chad Hansen seven times
2: uh he could even have a bigger role who knows i had no idea who this guy was and i clicked on his like link and i still don't know who he is <laughs> it says it didn't he... it didn't clear anything up
1: for you
4: <laughs> he looks happy on league? the jets what was that didn't he used to be on the jets he's someone who the jets didn't want
2: yeah, yeah, but, like, he he went to Cal, <laughs> but he looks like literally every stereotypical, like, surfer guy you'd see in, like, the teen rom-coms from, like, yeah. like the late two thousand, early 2000s.
1: I was just going to say, like, <laughs> he looks exactly like you think a Chad Hansen would
2: look. <laughs> this guy could be an extra on the OC, right? like oh, for like, sure. I'm not, he like, probably he could, was. Right? Like, like, what are we doing here? Why is he getting so many targets? Yeah. <laughs> uh.
4: Um, does this performance with Couti and Hansen is it encouraging at all for you know, if you you know, owners of Deshaun Watson down the stretch that he's still putting up these yards? I mean, one thing we have research from Fantasy Douche from years ago that talks about how I think it's fantasy douche, but anyway, how yards and receptions are pretty replaceable, but touchdowns are hard to replace when the guy who's scoring them the receiver who's scoring them goes out it's hard to find those elsewhere so we kind of saw that today i wonder what you make of this performance uh, as it regards watson's future
1: yeah i mean i i i'm not worried um about watson in general like the if he's you know the the yardage is there um I, i feel like the touchdowns Will, will likely come. You figure he did add a rushing touchdown, uh, on the ground and David Johnson for some reason still exists and he also, uh, got a touchdown in this game. So, um, (laughs) theoretically, and like I said before, like they just stopped scoring in the second half. Um, whether I'm sure some of that is on, uh, Watson with the pick with, uh, you know, taking five sacks whatever it is um but i i think that um i i would still feel very very comfortable playing watson uh regardless of of matchup or whatever else i would definitely still be playing
4: keenan allen caught five of 11 passes for 48 scoreless yards in the chargers week 13 loss to the patriots
1: yeah, I mean, the, this, so my, my red zone, uh, channel stopped working for some reason before the four o'clock game. So I was stuck watching the Giants, uh, the, the, the whole time in the afternoon, but just pulling up and, and just getting these alerts of like the Patriots winning 45 nothing <laughs> and, um, you know, Herbert through to, uh, it's gotta be a dozen people got targets this week. Tyron Johnson got in there. Uh, Steven Anderson, KJ Hill. Like you, you just have to, you have to include these guys, uh, in your game plan for sure. If you are, uh, Anthony (laughs) Lynn, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to keep getting these, he's, he's never going to not see this number of targets. Uh, and he should do, uh, do a ton more with them hopefully in the future but he is somebody who you should be confidently playing um if only for the reason that like Herbert is going to throw 50 times a week uh without pretty much without exception they they only had 15 rush attempts uh this week obviously they were in catch up mode but I think even when uh when things are a little tighter than than a 45 point deficit that he'll still be throwing quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the team got punched in the mouth, like, on that first, like, uh special teams touchdown, and they never really recovered. Even before then, Anthony Lynn just looked completely lost at sea, like, he was just calling these, like, running plays, like, on first and second and third, and he was just alternating between Eckler and Balage, which is just, I mean, just, just a great way to waste time, and, and, you know, you really want to do that against the Patriots when you, you know, just because why not? Um, then they were giving Jalen Guyton targets. They were giving, uh, you know, KJ Hill, Steven Anderson, you know, just a bunch of guys who you probably knew were in the NFL, but couldn't tell me to pay for the Chargers, except for Jalen Guyton, I guess, but seven targets. Come on. I'm with you on, on Keenan. This was just a very disappointing outcome. There's a dis- disappointing game all around for the Chargers who really need to move on from then. I mean, We've discussed this ad nauseum and like Anthony Lynn's also saying that he confidently expects to be the head coach tomorrow, which I don't know, buddy, you didn't really do any coaching. So in that, in that regard, I'm also the head coach tomorrow.
4: (laughs) I didn't see that he said that, but that sounds like it's not a good sign. I
1: mean, if somebody has to ask the question, right? Like, right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, look, I mean, if this is what you're going to do, like, look, there's like guys who play Madden, like, and they run on first, second, and third, and they're able to put up a lot of points on you, right? And I know this because I've lost that way a lot, uh, in Madden, and <laughs> while also being like abused by like, a, you know, a 12 year old kid, um, like, like on the voice chat thing. So it's just, you know, all around a great experience. An- Anthony Lin is absolutely not that 12 year old kid that's stomping, curb stomping me. He's the guy who's out there, like, really, honestly, maximizing the lost probability for the Chargers. Like the guy just doesn't, I, I'm convinced he's living in a separate reality when, when he's watching these games, right? Like when he's calling these plays, there's just no, there's no other ex- explanation.
4: So what you're saying is you're the Anthony Lynn of Madden.
2: Yeah. I'm just, I, I don't even know what I am of Madden. I'm probably more like the Adam Gase of Madden. There you go. Cam Akers rushed 21 times for 72 yards and a touchdown, and he caught his lone target for 22 yards in the Rams' Week 13 a win over the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, God, I mean, I I hope that this is something that we can we can start to rely on because, uh, I, well, let's let's go with this first. I'm a little hesitant because I believe Henderson. Uh, picked up a knee injury during this game and he really didn't see the field, uh, at all. He only looks like he got six opportunities during the game. And, um, yeah, if I I think that if the Rams are willing to, to lean on Akers, I think that he's going to be, uh, he's going to be just fine through the playoffs. Um, they can obviously score points. They're going to be in, uh, high scoring and positive scripts uh i i would say more often than not um so yeah i'm i'm buying in on this i think that he i think he's definitely uh like a could be a fringe rb1 uh through the playoffs
4: all right let's move on to regular news item number three Russell Wilson completed 27 of 43 passes for 263 yards and a touchdown and also an interception in the Seahawks 17 to 12 week 13 loss against the Giants. Um, the Seahawks offense looked lost against the Giants this week who were starting Colt McCoy. Matt, what are your thoughts on this Seahawks offense for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah. I mean, just something has just gone horribly wrong here. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, Russell Wilson looks, Uh, I don't know if he looks like shell shocked or I I don't know. He, he did not have, I mean, this is, this is just like my dumb lizard brain. And like, I am not a film, I am not a film person, but because I was forced to watch this entire game, uh, by my cable provider, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I got this, I got to see this whole thing in action, but he just looks, uh, like supremely nervous, uh, w- which is probably a function of the offensive line to a certain extent. Um, I don't know how they fix it. Like <clears throat> he needs to be better. They need to stop throwing it to Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas and, uh, Jacob Hollister At, like the fact that those, those three guys plus Disley and more accounted for like 50%. Of, uh, Russ Wilson's completions today is, uh, a travesty, uh, and it's an assault on football as we know it. Uh, they, they should just be peppering Metcalf with targets. Uh, and they just, like, why, why are you not just throwing it to DK Metcalf? Like, you've seen what he can do. I don't understand. Like, he will fix all of these problems. There's no reason that he should go. Uh, a close game like this and uh only have only have eight targets. Like if they give him 12 targets, they win this game. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced of that. Yeah.
4: yeah it's interesting. It's not even like he was, he was bad with his targets, right? I mean, he, he didn't score, but 80 yards on eight <laughs> targets. I mean, I think people thought coming into this game, he had kind of a tough cornerback matchup, which is something that seems to be, maybe be a little meaningful for him. It's probably noise, but um yeah, it was weird to see them not go his way more for sure. Wait,
2: who who, Metcalf? Like in a in a tough cornerback matchup?
4: I read that somewhere.
2: No, whoever read whoever wrote that's wrong. It's it's a really bad matchup for the cornerback, not for
4: Metcalf. Well <laughs> any any matchup with Metcalf is bad for the cornerback, but
2: Yeah, this is this is just uh the Seahawks is like coaching staff has been pretty vocal about um reestablishing the run, which is always great when you want to hear, right? Um, so I mean, the way I see Russell Wilson's season and like the fact that is, in my opinion, is MVP. Why is MVP candidacy candidacy is completely faded? Well, frankly, it should be dead after this one. Is is, you know, he started the season off, he was like a tremendous chef. Now the goddamn pilot light on the stove has gone out, right? <laughs> like, like that's that's where we're at with this offense. Right, I mean, I mean, it's, it's 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 kind of like Matt said, just like throw to DK Metcalf. I mean, just earlier we talked about Darren Waller and like how how the Raiders just kept going to him, and the fact that the Seahawks just don't do that with Metcalf is just it's it's mind blowing. Six targets to Chris Carson, and then and then three to DJ Dallas and Carlos Hyde, as if throwing to your running backs is the solution when you're trailing against the New York Football Giants who are playing Gold McCoy. Yeah, I mean, like this, like, it's, 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 it's legitimately, um, wild to me. And, and again, like, like, James Bradbury, he's the size of a toothpick compared to like, like DK Metcalf. Like, like, these guys really, um, the Seahawks specifically are incredibly bad when they trail by, you know, approximately a touchdown. They're so bad when they're forced to actually have to play catch up. Um, and it just shows that, you know, the Russ's brilliance really keeps them afloat in like the really hard times when they're, when they're forced to actually play against teams who kind of know how to play in coverage, like we talked about a little bit with the Giants earlier. This is, you know, it's a pretty big leak in their game. It's, it's really, they really are going to need to hit some really strong variants, I think, to, to, um, have a shot if they make it as, you know, into the Super Bowl because they're going to be facing, facing a pretty, you know, like the ASC is looking pretty, pretty tough. Uh, this could be, uh, you know, like if they have Super Bowl <clears out throat> Dreams, they gotta figure this stuff out now.
4: I don't know. Well, they get to face the Jets next week, so no, uh, no better time to figure it out, I suppose.
2: Yeah, 35 carries for Chris Carson coming right up. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Hurts completed five FL passes for 109 yards and one touchdown and one interception. The Eagles' Week 13 loss against the Packers—you know—it it's, it's, just seems that like the Eagles are done with with Wentz, who hit the bench at the start of the third quarter. Matt, do you think that the Eagles are going to be using Hurts for the rest of the season? And if so, what's the outlook here for for the Eagles' offense?
1: Well, uh, Peterson was asked. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Peterson was asked uh, after the game, and he needs to go watch the tape. To uh, to make a decision, so that shows you where uh, where Peterson is at <laughs> right now. Um, <clears throat> look, he it's a very very difficult situation for them because they are just going to be completely demolished uh, if Carson Wentz can't figure it out from like a cat perspective, right? Like I was looking at it before; he's if for some reason they were to cut him, uh, he's going to be like almost sixty million. Uh, against the cap, if they do it before June 1st, like that's just, and if it's after, it's like only, only 25 million. Um, the only thing that they could possibly do, uh, would be to trade him after June 1st, uh, in order to just not be completely bent over the cap. Um, as far as the decision between Hurts and Hint, like, I mean, sure like let's see see what see what hurts can do like have fun you're you're not going anywhere this year you <laughs> you really know you know who Wentz is, right like you've seen his ceiling now you've seen his floor, and you're gonna have to decide um <clears throat> depending on what hurts does over the next couple of weeks uh if they give him a chance, you're gonna have to make that decision at the end of the year, but I think it's a real um a a real mistake if they don't at least see regardless of what you think about hurts you have to you you spent a pick on him you need to see uh what he can do in a season that's like very obviously uh lost at this point
4: yeah that's a good point i think the um you know i mean the nfc east is so bad that like <clears throat> the giants are leading with a what a 5 and 7 record now oh yeah
2: and Colt McCoy,
4: yeah. Um, so it's not like the Eagles are mathematically eliminated or anything, but it's also not like with the way Wentz has been playing, going to Hertz is a downgrade. So I mean, even if you think you're gonna you're gonna reel off a couple wins here and make the playoffs, maybe Hertz gives you a better chance to do that anyway.
1: Yeah, for sure. So. I I think they they play the Saints next week. I uh, I think that's going to be. Rather ugly, um, and, and will probably sort of be the, be the nail in the coffin. Like I, like I said, I, I think that there's, uh, there are very obvious reasons to see what hurts has. Like you said, if it does give them a boost, then, then great. Maybe they can, you know, win three of the last four and potentially, I don't know, what would that even put them at? Like this is such a joke that the NFC East even gets a playoff <laughs> team. Like, it, it, they maybe could go like 6-9 and 1 and win like that's
4: absurd <laughs> oh uh,
2: i mean i mean the interesting thing well i'm not even gonna say interesting is just sadness all around the, the fact that the like the eagles are by all accounts healthy relative to the rest of these teams and losing is ridiculous Right, you got you got one team that basically lost. Uh, let's see, Haskins gets benched, and you get Kyle Allen is on IR, and Alex Smith, a guy with no leg, comes back and he's winning games. <laughs> you have you have Daniel Jones who you know he's, he's Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy is winning games, and then you have like Dallas without Dak. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I'm really I was a fan of Hurst in college, but like the way he kind of ended up getting completely usurped by Tua. And then I think he also got usurped in Oklahoma by, by I don't, I don't, I don't, know. yeah, like by Kyler. Um, just, I don't think he's a particularly great quarterback prospect. Um, I'm just looking at the NFL draft and seeing who they selected Hurts ahead of. And, um, there's a couple of guys here who went a little later who you would think that this team, you know, should have drafted, but I guess he didn't decided they didn't really want Denzel Mims or, you know, any of these guys, uh, I mean, Denzel Mims specifically, because of how late, uh, of a pick, um, Hurts was. And I remember at the time, a lot of people were saying, well, you could potentially flip Hertz. you know, you don't even have to play him. You could potentially just sort of keep him. He's a good QB prospect. Maybe you will flip him for a first. I don't think so, man. Like he did not look good, uh, per se today. Uh, he, you know, they couldn't get anything going. um, outside of one big Greg Ward play. And even then it's hard to tell that was just the primary reason because it was like the, the T like the opposing team was just in prevent, like the Packers were in prevent. They just didn't care. So I think that the hurts pick is just going to go down as a, in a long series of draft pick mistakes. uh The Eagles continue to make, right? Like, um, the only downside risk here is that like, they won't even be able to recoup the second round for Hertz. You're gonna get end up with like a sixth if your dream was to really trade him. And I, I don't know how viable of a back quarterback he is. Uh, he looked like he had zero chemistry with, uh, Miles Sanders, who's somehow now their primary offensive weapon. And that's kinda of sad because he's not very good and they really were using Jordan Howard ahead of him. What were your thoughts on that one, Matt? Like this backfield, like this entire offense, is it I, I, it's like it feels like it's irreparably broken to where to where like all parties need to just move on yeah i mean
1: there it, there's literally no redeeming qualities here like no matter no matter what you're looking at uh with them like maybe i don't know like who's even who's even good like <laughs> which eagles are good and like I don't know. I, I think that I think they probably at this point will uh just need to they they will just need to blow it up in the off season if they can if they can get anything um out of Hurts down the stretch and they want to want to flip either him or Wentz and then just, you know, just get just start, start acquiring, uh, draft picks and hope that you, uh, hope that you make better decisions, uh, in the next, uh, next crack that
2: you get at this. <laughs> Given their history, my guess is no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the fantasy football report. Please remember to rate and review the road of his radio channel on Apple podcasts. Special thanks once again to Matt Jones. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. For Hassan Rahim on Twitter at HRR5010. I'm Blair Andrews at Am I the Real Blair. Thanks for listening. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
3: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement.